Hey guys, thank you for joining us today for our first episode of our Romans reading plan. Uh, my name is Robert Russell. I'm the worship pastor here. I'm going to be uh, introducing some different staff to you throughout the month. We're going to be reading through Romans, stepping into what the scripture me- means, uh, and hopefully you find it uh, uh, beneficial for your spiritual journey. Uh, today we have teaching pastor Nick Person. Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, have been living in Murfreesboro for the last, I guess, two and a half years. Time is flying. Um, My wife's name is Laura. We have been married for almost 15 years now. We have three beautiful babies. Uh, Ava's our oldest. She's 11, going on 40. Uh, Jackson is my next oldest. He is nine. And then our youngest is Nash, um, who is five years old. And so I'm excited just to walk on this journey and to highlight some things in Romans as we walk through it together. And I hope that this is encouraging to you. It will be helpful to you, and it will better help you navigate this journey we call life and helping you fix your eyes again and again again on Jesus. And so I'm excited to walk with you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Nick's going to be doing a few readings throughout the month. So we'll hear more about you, maybe your personal ministry, some things that really just get you fired up uh, in life, uh, in ministry, in uh, in your everyday. Uh, today you're going to be re- reading Romans 1, mm-hmm. uh, verse 1 through 17. Yeah. Uh, let's go for it. All right, let's go. So a little a little quick fly over kind of what's going in Romans. So Paul, this he was changed by the gospel. Really, Jesus like stopped him in his tracks from persecuting the church, and he ended up being one of the main instruments that God used to further his church here in this world. And so it's pretty amazing. And Paul was a Roman citizen as well. And so he's writing to the church at Romans. The majority of Paul's letters were written to churches that he helped start. This particular church that was in the capital of the Roman Empire, he didn't start. It kind of started out of Pentecost, where really the church got its start. So Christians came out of Pentecost, moved back to Rome, started living this gospel out. They started planting churches. And then Paul so desperately wanted to meet them, encourage them, and visit them. So he writes him this letter. This is really like, hey, here's the foundation of Christianity and the foundation of the church. Let me help you on your way. And that's what Paul is doing. And in this time, he's writing this letter to the church in Rome. There's these Gentile Christians, meaning they didn't have any Jewish background. And there were these Jewish Christians that really had some opposing views and opposing thoughts. And so he is speaking into some of that dysfunction. And so it's going to really just highlight some truth um, from the Lord. And so we're going to begin Romans chapter one, beginning in verse one. It says this, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Just real quick, the gospel refers to the good news. And so Paul is saying, and I love what he's saying. He's saying something very loaded in verse number one. He is saying, my identity is not where I was Saul the persecutor, but my new identity is I'm a servant of Christ and I'm called to spread this gospel, this good news, this completed work of Jesus, his death on the cross, his resurrection and his invitation and his payment that he paid on our behalf so that we could be with him forever. Verse number two, 
which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was a descendant of David, according to the flesh and was appointed to the powerful son of God, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. What Paul is saying here is he's saying, hey, the Jewish followers thought that he would fulfill. Jesus would fulfill the role of David's throne, but they left out the part of him being fully divine. And so with Jesus. Jesus dying and being resurrected from the grave, it kind of showed off his divinity and also that he was who he said that he was. Let's keep going. Verse five, through him, we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the Gentiles. Everything we do since we are now followers and we have the spirit of a living God within us is to reflect the goodness of the king. Verse six including you who are also called by Jesus Christ. Verse 7, to all who are in Rome, loved by God, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll see a lot that Paul is always reminding people of grace. He's always wishing people grace. He's almost, he's always giving that because he wants to remind them is that changes everything. So everything you do, don't forget to walk in the grace that has been sealed for you through the resurrection and the crucifixion of Jesus. Verse number eight. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. That's so strong. You have to think right now, Rome is the center of all culture. It would almost be the equivalent of like New York City. It is setting the tone for the rest of the world. And what Paul is affirming in them is that they didn't take this gospel and go hide in their homes and bury it. No, they took this gospel and they used it and they kind of displayed it in their everyday working in their families, in everything they did, they displayed this gospel that changed everything for them. And so we're encouraged to do the same thing. So if you're an artist, be an artist for the glory of God. If you are a chef, be a chef for the glory of God. If you're a mom, be a mom to the glory of God, and so on and so forth. Let's keep going. Verse number nine. God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in telling the good news about his son, that I constantly mention you. Always asking him in my prayers that if it's somehow in God's will, I may now at late succeed in coming to you. Paul wanted to come and visit this church because he knew it was in the cultural center of the world. And he wanted to impart wisdom, knowledge, and encouragement to these people to continue to do what God had called them to do and what this gospel had sealed for them. Let's keep going. For I want very much to see you. So that may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Here's the unique thing about our faith. It encourages one another. It's that what that verse in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so shall one man sharpen another. Here's the thing, though, about our faith. Sometimes that sharpening is not pleasant or fun, but it's necessary. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with a friend that was a hard conversation. You leaned into an area that they didn't want you to lean into, and it may or may not have been received. But as Christian brothers and sisters, we are called to lean in because we have the relationship established in order to speak truth in each other's lives. And that's what we're called to do, because we cannot do this alone. You were not meant to do it alone. That's why we need each other. Let's keep going. Verse number 13. Now, I don't want you to be unaware, 
brothers and sisters, that I often planned to come to you, but was prevented until now, in order that I might have a fruitful ministry among you, just as I have had among the rest of the Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. What I love about what Paul says, it says he is for all people. He is not using his normal bends to to work with people, to encourage people. But because God loves all the people, he wants to be about all the people. So he is sharing this truth of the gospel with anyone and everyone who will listen. See, sometimes for us, sometimes our personal preferences or other things get in the way of what God has called us to do. But Paul had it right here. He's going, listen, it's for Greeks, it's barbarian, it's for the smart, it's for the foolish, because the gospel transforms everyone. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Let's keep going. We'll finish up the last two verses. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew and also to the Greek. This is one of my favorite verses. For one, um, there is a record label that it's called 116. It's a bunch of rappers who really love Jesus and who really want to make a difference. And they're using God, they're using rap music as their vehicle in, in order to encourage the church and to show the church and those outside the church that they're not ashamed of this gospel. And the reason they're not ashamed of the gospel is because it has transformative power meaning it changes everything. So why would you ever be ashamed of something that has transformed you, made you new, and wiped the slate clean? But yet so many times in my own life, there are moments when I shy away from really expressing this gospel. I'll, I'll give you an example. Sometimes I'm on a plane and I'm sitting with somebody and they'll ask me what I do. And there's a lot of times in my head where I go, well, either I'm going to offend them or they're going to want to talk to me if I tell them that I'm a pastor. And sometimes I don't want to share that because I'm afraid of where that conversation may go. I'm afraid of the judgment or the opposition I might face. But I'm beginning to learn. I'm beginning to embrace more and more as the more I walk with Jesus is that maybe those are opportunities for me to share this gospel that has transformed me. And so there is no need to be ashamed of it because back to the good news that Paul said is his identity was rooted in. It is good news for everyone because everyone is in need of grace and mercy. And so it's good news. So why be ashamed of something that has been so transformative in your life? Verse number 17, and we'll close with this. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Here's the hard thing about faith. The only way for it to grow is by being exercised. And the only way you exercise faith is to trust God and to take a step. Sometimes before you recognize or know how it's going to end, but the Lord is inviting all of us to take a step in order to trust him, because by taking steps of faith, it shows the evidence and the fingerprints of a king. And that's what we have all been entrusted with, with this gospel. So there's no need to be ashamed of it. It's needed, it's, we're called to embrace it, to walk in it, and to share it. And so today, I pray that the Lord will give you an opportunity to walk in it, to embrace it, and to share it. Be blessed.